You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, it is your host, AJ Sabalski here with AJ's Analysis, another episode Today, we have a lot to talk about, uh, position battles, recapping the Bills-Colts preseason game on Saturday. You could take a lot away from it, maybe not as much as you'd want to, but uh, it's a step in the right direction. Some position battle conversations will be happening today. Uh, But before I get started, uh, here's a message from Buffalo Rumblings, a new IPA that that we're uh, partnering with here uh, coming up shortly. Bills Mafia is back. Are you ready for it? The third annual Buffalo Rumblings IPA beer release party is going down September 16th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Resurgence Brewing Company located downtown at 55 Chicago Street. I'm going to tell you what, you do not want to miss this event. Come out and hang with Joe, Sarah, and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings crew for the Megapod. You're going to want to bring your questions and be a part of the live stream. Get involved. It's going to be live. And this year, we're also going to have our friends from Fans of Buffalo joining the party and sponsoring the fun. They're going to be in the house to provide you with all the information you need to make your away game day experience the easiest and the most smooth that you've ever had in your life. I can promise you, they, they do their job very well. So make sure you make it out Saturday, September 16th, 6 p.m., Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. Go Bills! That was Jay Spence. Thank you, Jay Spence, for the kind message. Um, yeah, Buffalo Rumblings teaming up, making a nice IPA, um, something they've done for, I think this is the third year. So head on out to Chicago Street and check it out um, in it, September 16th. Um, looking forward to it. But anyway, um, if you're listening on audio, thank you for tuning in and giving it this a listen. I greatly appreciate it. If you're live on YouTube, on Twitter, um, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're on Twitter, come over to YouTube, drop me some comments. I, I want to get some more interactions uh, with, with the, with the listeners I'm having on my show. Um, but other than that, let's uh, start breaking this game down. So the bills got a 23 to 19 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously it you know, doesn't matter. I guess a win's a win. Uh, it's preseason. So it's not really that big of a deal in terms of, you know, the starters and what you can take away from that. But in terms of the depth on this roster, what you saw from the second and third team, uh, offense, I think you can you can take away some things. I mean, yeah, and listeners on Facebook, thank you, John Robert. Uh, Facebook listeners, thank you. Be sure to comment. I greatly appreciate the interactions I've been having lately. I mean, I'd love to answer any of your questions regarding depth chart, roster battles, um, anything, food, anything. I'll answer anything. Um, I'm trying to answer all your questions that you have for me um, while I also do the things I'd like to discuss as well. But, um, yeah, the Bills, 23-19 victory over the Colts. Anthony Richardson. Indianapolis Colts, fourth overall pick in the first round this year. He, he had an okay day. I think he struggled at first with the Dane Jackson uh, interception. Obviously, Saran Neal with a great pressure from the nickel spot, put his hands in the air, froze kind of Richardson. He kind of slung it, tried to sidearm it around Saran Neal, caused the interception. Dane Jackson, right spot, right time. He also, you know, he, play, he played the pass well. He, he kind of, I think he had a feeling of where it was headed to the boundary um, and made the interception and had a nice return on it. Um, and on the flip side, 
the Bills, you, you saw a lot of good things. Osiris Torrance got a lot of reps. Uh, Clear Shakur, you know, up and down day. But I want to start with the backup quarterback position, something that Bills fans have kind of been talking about recently. Is there enough trust um, in the in the co- backup quarterback position? But before I get to that, Donna, um, thank you for tuning in. Donna on YouTube has a question. Hi, AJ. What are we going to do about our middle linebacker problem? Yeah, Donna, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this game is I think there is kind of an issue ensuing at the middle linebacker spot. You got Balen Spector, who didn't even get second team reps. It was majority AJ Klein um, with the second team. And then Balen Spector came in on the third team and working with special teams. Um, Obviously, Terrell Bernard with the hamstring injury, he's out. So he wasn't out there on the field. But, yeah, there, there is a middle linebacker problem on this team. Uh, Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds, obviously a great player. Rangy, he got his bag somewhere else with Chicago. He's probably going to ball out there. But he, the Bills traded up to get this guy, you know, five years ago. Um, and, and he's been the day one starter for this team day in, day out for the last few years and has been, you know, one of the main reasons this team has gotten to where they're at. It's definitely a hole that the Bills will need to fill. Um, and it's definitely probably one of my biggest concerns headed into – um, this this season. Now, with that said, I think Terrell Dodson has has shown some ability to fill run gaps and attack the line of scrimmage and do stuff like that. I think he's done a really good job with that. Now, his coverage ability, it's it's been here hit or miss. He's had some good plays in coverage. He's he's been kind of lost in coverage at times. I mean, his speed concerns me um, in terms of chasing down you know tight ends or slot receivers when he's playing that zone coverage. Can he is he able to track those guys down and make a tackle on them? I don't know. That's remained to be seen. I didn't really see much of it um, on Saturday. But from what I've seen, what I've heard, people have talked about, I think Terrell Bernard was kind of the guy that many people wanted to see. And could he be that green dot? Um, and could he be that guy that could kind of call the defense? We didn't get to see that, unfortunately, with the hamstring injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out. He didn't practice on Sunday. But Terrell Dodson, depth, um, I think he's I mean, undrafted from Texas A&M. Wasn't really that – Big of a draft pick, obviously, of going undrafted. But I think he does bring a familiarity to the roster. Um, It's concerning to me just because of the fact that the middle linebacker is very important. But at the same time, you have so much talent around that position with Matt Milano playing on your weak side. The defensive line looked great. The depth there was pretty dominant, and I'll get to that later during the game, throughout the game. I liked what I saw from especially the interior defensive line. Um, They really popped to me on Saturday. But – um, we'll see. Uh, the middle linebacker position, it's a very big question mark. Obviously one that's concerning to all Bills fans when you're used to that big presence in the middle with Jermaine Edmonds. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I think it's going to be a maybe, – maybe Dodson starts out of the gate as a starter and, and struggles a little bit and Bernard can fill in. Um, but the one linebacker I really want to get to, um, and I'll get back to the uh, Matt Barkley backup quarterback position after I, after I finish this little segment here is Dorian Williams. I thought he had a really he, – he might not have had, you know, yards or tackles behind the line of scrimmage and stuff like that, but I think he was flying around. His coverage ability was pretty decent. I, I saw some things that I liked from him in coverage. Uh, his ability to just fly the, around the field, make some tackles at weak side linebacker. Obviously, he had the notable stop at, at the goal line where he, he stopped the running back short. Uh, you know, I don't – I don't know. Dorian Williams, when I when you know a few months ago when they drafted him, I think I put out this put this out in May. I said, hey, this this guy can really win the middle linebacker position. Like I think I, I watched his film uh, throughout the process. I talked to him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I really liked. I thought he could be a target if you know Jack Campbell um, wasn't available for the Bills to go after a guy that many Bills fans wanted, and he went early to the Lions in the, in the late teens there. 
And that's kind of what we're like, okay, well, who, who can they kind of target in that third, fourth round range? I think Dorian Williams was that guy for them, but you know, it's been kind of back and forth at first. They said they were going to work him out at weak side linebacker. Then during, you know, OTAs or mini camp, he was kind of getting some run at middle linebacker. And now he's strictly been at weak side linebacker throughout all of camp, you know, primarily working with the second, third team on special teams, doing that sort of stuff. So it is concerning. Uh, I think he's going to be kind of that developmental guy that guy that kind of maybe is that depth to Matt Milano. Um, I think that could maybe play out in a couple of years. Maybe he does get on the field. I'm hoping sooner rather than later. I think, like I said, he's got a long wingspan. He, he attacks. Um, he can process, thing pre, process things pre-snap better than the normal, I would say, rookie draft pick. Um, and I'm excited to see what he can do um, moving forward. But I was really pleased with what I saw from Dorian Williams on Saturday. And hopefully that can continue to build. And maybe he can work his way up this depth chart here, uh, a third-round pick that – you know, although he's been primarily on that second and third team and special teams, I think he could push his way up this roster moving forward. Um, but okay, we're going to go back to the John Robert. Hold on a second. Said I read Dorian is now back the competition in the competition, but I don't really know. Uh, John, I don't think that Dorian's going to be in that middle linebacker conversation. I think he's had, I think uh, he's had trouble learning like the lingo. I think the the scheme he's learning things that he hasn't really been taught before. Um, in terms of defensive scheme and stuff like that, he's kind of. He's new to that stuff and kind of um, raw in that aspect. So I think there is a learning curve there and why I think they'll be able to develop that. But I don't know if he's ready to, you know, be able to call a whole defense and be that guy that could command, you know, a, a top five defense, which should be, excuse me, a top five defense. But we'll see moving forward. So the backup quarterback conversation. Now, back to that. Um, it'll be interesting. Matt Barkley obviously had a great day. Uh, a really solid day overall, fit in a couple nice balls in, in a tight window. Um, he did a really good job with that. I, I liked what I saw from him. Kyle Allen, on the other hand, struggled, but also his his drive was ruined short. He was in the red zone for one possession. And Khalil Shakir, who had two marvelous catches prior to that drive or prior in the game, I mean, right in the hands, five-yard out route on a third and six, dropped the ball, and they couldn't pick up the first down. It would have been a, it would have been a first down plus some more yardage. So it kind of sucks. I, I wish we got to see some Kyle Allen in the red zone. Um, there's been conversations about maybe they go after a Trey Lance or a Sam Darnold. Um, I don't know how you guys listening feel about that, the, the Sam Darnold kind of Trey Lance kind of battle that's going on that maybe the Bills can swing one of those late-round picks that they've gotten over the for trading back um, in the draft like two or three times in the 2023 NFL draft. The Bills traded back three times to get extra draft picks. So maybe they swing one of those for a Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. Um, but the thing for me – and, and I'm not really going to talk much about the backup quarterback position anymore just because I believe that if you're relying on a backup quarterback and Greg Thompson from cover one's a guy that emphatically believes this. And I totally agree with it. If you're talking about a backup quarterback with any team in the NFL, that's 32 teams, you're going to have a problem. And you're going to have an issue. And that's kind of where I'm at. If Josh Allen isn't out there for more than four games, maybe you can win some games and maybe he, can, maybe there's quarterbacks out there that can get the job done. But ultimately, are you going to get to where you want to be with a backup quarterback if Josh Allen does miss, you know, extended time? No, you're you're not. That's that's kind of that's not going to happen when you have a quarterback like Josh who's so prevalent in the offense, who they rely on so much to do different, you know, all sort of things, running, passing, um, all all sorts of stuff that he's he's able to do his delivery of the ball. No one, there's not a lot of people that can throw it like him in the NFL. His accuracy was some questioned when he came into the league. Is actually 
done quite well the past couple of years. So he's answered that question. There, there's not that quarterback on this roster and on any roster at the backup quarterback position that's going to play to the level of a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, all, all these guys, Lamar Jackson, uh, Jalen Hurts, all these quarterbacks that you're that you're seeing, you know, those elite top 10 guys that people uh, talk about, you're not going to see that production from a backup quarterback. So while I will say that the Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley conversation is interesting because I think Matt Barkley is kind of a fan favorite. He's been here for a while. He's Josh's good buddy. Uh, and it was nice to see him deliver the ball. I'm not going to say that Matt, Bar- Matt Barkley is ahead in the competition, but he did look better with the threes. I think the third team offense in general looked really good. Uh, the depth receivers had a really good day. Uh, Aitman had a couple nice routes. He, he didn't really flash and cap much, but he had a really good day. Um, Andy Isabella, another guy who I thought flash, who, you know, Isabella is an interesting guy. We'll see if there's a roster spot for him. I think he's more of that practice squad, maybe protected guy, but we'll see about that. And then there are other guys across the roster um, at the depth of the receiver position that I thought did really well with that third team offense. I also think the offensive line, the third team offensive line did a really good job protecting Matt Barkley. Um, he wasn't really, you know, running for his life or uh, he had time to deliver. Uh, he knows the offense, like he said after the game, like he's been in this offense for a couple of years. And that's why I'm thinking I'm, I'm giving Kyle Allen a little leeway. I think he needs more time in a complicated scheme, one of the most complicated in the NFL in terms of you know scheme and stuff like that. And, and players have mentioned that. Cole Beasley is one of those players that said, there's not been a more complicated offense that I've been in um, in Buffalo. There's there's not been an offense I've been that, 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 that's that complicated uh, other than Buffalo. I'm excited to see what, Kyle Allen can do. I think he's a little more mobile. He has the mobility, uh, but yes, he has struggled. I think he struggled throughout camp, and I think Matt Barkley's had the edge in that battle, but I'm not going to sit here, like I said, and say that he's the better guy. Um, but I just want to read over Matt Barkley's stats real quick. I'm um, in the preseason game here. Um, yeah, Matt Mark, I mean, a, a great day. 153 yards, 12 of 13, two touchdowns. I mean, only one incompletion for 153 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's what you want to see from a backup quarterback. I, I, I think he he's proven that, you know, he, he he's 32 years old. Um, he's not, you know, washed by any means or too old to play the position or start and, you know, have valuable games. But I think he's done a good job, and I think that competition will play itself out. Um, but like I said, if you don't have Josh Allen – I don't think there's really a conversation to be had because that that's what you need to rely on the most. Um, Isabella. Yeah. John Robert in the chat, Isabella ran a four, three, one forty. Uh, yeah. I, I really like what I've seen from Isabella, his subtle route over the middle of the field, kinds of hesitation um, and got up field after the catch. Great separation on the linebacker, run him in the, you know, left him in the dust um, per se. He had a really good route and a really nice day. I think there's something there with him. The, the issue I have with him is, is there a roster spot? Because I think they signed Deontay Hardy to that contract to kind of be that gadget returning style type player. And I don't know if there's a spot for Isabella. Maybe if they do keep seven receivers, or maybe if they do go that route, maybe Isabella can sneak in there. Um, but I mean, it's, it's down to Justin Shorter, uh, Terrell Shavers, who had a nice touchdown grab, but also had two drops, um, which he, he's had a couple of drops the last couple of uh, preseason or not sorry training camp practices I thought he's been a little shaky a little uh, on and off with his ability to catch the ball but his, his route running ability has done phenomenal um, but it's Justin Shorter Terrell Shavers Andy Isabella I would all have in that mix for this wide receiver six if they keep seven maybe one of those guys can sneak on but I just don't see it I think they keep six I think Justin Shorter will get the nod uh, fifth round draft pick but if they really like what they see from Isabella and he can do more on special teams than Justin Shorter 
maybe there is a path for Andy Isabella to make this roster. Um, it will be interesting. All right, moving on to the cornerback uh, two battle. Obviously, another huge battle that's been raved about all training camp. It started with Dane Jackson, then Kyer Elam and Christian Bradford, as of late, have been getting some more run at the, at the spot. Dane Jackson didn't get much work, but when he was in there, um, before I get there, Jessica Tennis from YouTube says, think the Bills only keep four running back, includes Gilliam, think the Bills keep seven receivers. Yeah, if they do that, uh, Jessica, I think there's an avenue or a path for Isabella to make the roster um, if they do keep that seven receivers. Good point. Um, but, yeah, going back to the cornerback two battle, like I said, Dane Jackson didn't get much run. He had the interception. He did a he did an okay job um, with, with the reps he was given. I can't really have many takeaways from a player that didn't really play much. Um, John, thank you. Yeah, please like or share this video. Um, I, it's greatly appreciated. It helps me grow this uh, podcast, and it helps the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff channel grow um, moving forward here. So I appreciate any likes or shares of this podcast. But, yeah. Um, I really like what I saw from Dane Jackson. And then on the flip side, Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford, two guys got majority of the reps. I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm still going to give the eyes to Dane Jackson right now. Um, he's been that guy that I think has been the most reliable player opposite Trey White. They won a training camp till the end of training camp. And now in a preseason game has the interception on the rookie, Anthony Richardson. I'm not going to, I know Dane Jackson may not be the best or the, the most athletically gifted cornerback or that, that press man corner like Kair Elam is with that speed that the Kair Elam has. Um, but the, the thing with Dane Jackson, he's reliable. And I've said this on multiple shows the last couple of weeks, and that hasn't changed. Uh, I, I think all of Bill's mafia and Bill's fans watching that game who, or who are at the game saw his ability to be that consistent force. And he even made a splash play on top of it. Um, so yeah, Kair Elam, Christian Bonford, Kair Elam had that costly penalty. Um, where it was a weaker call, but he did grab the jersey and he kind of the, the the Colts were able to move the chains on that on that play. Christian Benford, um, again, they, they got majority of the reps. I thought Benford had an okay day, made a couple of tackles, uh, but not too much from him uh, personally, in my opinion. I didn't see too much from Benford, but yeah, it's, it's a three man race. I'll give the edge to Dane Jackson. And we'll see moving forward. I really think that Dane Jackson gets the nod week one. If he doesn't, they have great depth. And I think Elam and Benford are going to be capable, more than capable, of stepping in and making a difference on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, John, I totally agree. Dane, Dane has been the most consistent uh, guy, 100% for sure. A very, very consistent ball player. And he has been that way. That's why he's getting the reps he's getting, um, is because of his consistency. The right guard battle. Let's move on to that now because, uh, you know, we're, we're going to stick. I'm going to stick with the position uh, battles here. Let me know your thoughts on the right guard battle. Who do you want to see there? Do you want to see Ryan Bates, Osiris Torrance? Um, I'll start with this. I think Osiris Torrance had a, a majority of reps at right guard for the first half. I think he was out there a lot. Um, he was on the field first snap till a majority of that first half. I thought he did really well. I think coming out of college, he was kind of that guy that didn't really move well in space. He wasn't the most athletically gifted guy, kind of a guy that standard stationary um, with the, you know, good anchor. That's, that's what he was in college. He had a great anchor and he was good in the run game just because he was able to, you know, combo block at the first level and do stuff like that. Now, I think in that preseason game, we were able to see more of the, the blocking at the second level in the run game. I think we saw some of that from Osiris Torrance, which I really liked that, that alluded to some big runs from the running backs um, that I'll also get to later. But Torrance just had a really good game. I thought he's, he's, he had a great anchor. Even when he did get beat, 
He has a great recovery. He's able to recover very quickly. Um, so uh, overall solid day from Torrance. Ryan Bates got some work at backup center. I think that that role for him is solidified, especially with the Mitch Morse, Mitch Morse, sorry, injury, injury concerns. I think that, uh, like I said from the beginning, Ryan Bates could be the most valuable piece to the Bills offensive line this year. And I think if Torrance is able to stack good preseason games and good practices and keep that consistency going uh, and his ability to pass protect for Josh Allen or whoever the quarterback is and run block for whoever is running the ball, I think there's a, there's a path for Torrance to get this job locked up by week one. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think that continuity across that right side with Spencer Brown there, um, I thought the starting offensive line, they, they had a good day. I'm not really concerned about uh, the, the starting offensive line based on what I saw on Saturday. Are there still some concerns for me in terms of the future and where this offensive line might go? Yes. Um, there's obviously concerns. Spencer Brown, the back injury, that's a concern for me. Um, his ability to pass pro, his ability in pass pro, is he going to be able to be that consistent guy on the right side for Josh Allen this year? Um, you know, Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morris. I mean, they're just going to have to come together, get that continuity down. Um, Connor McGovern, again, is a new plug in left guard who's going to be here for four years, sign the four year deal in the offseason. So we'll see uh, with the offensive line. But yeah, Torrance, like I said, position battle. I think he's, if he, if he can stay consistent and show that ability to get to that second level and free guy, you know, running backs up in space, I think he has a great shot at making this roster. Sorry, not making this roster. He's making the roster. Um, a great shot at winning the, the right guard battle and in starting week one. Um, and that would be a huge – that would be a huge win because obviously the Bills have had trouble kind of getting those first, second-round picks on the field. And I think this year with, you know, Dalton Kincaid, who we didn't see much from, but he did have – Good technique, maybe he didn't have the best block, but he had good technique on a block on the James Cook touchdown run that sprung him free to the end zone. I thought he did an okay job. Obviously, Trent Sherfield with a great block, as well as Dawson Knox. Um, they kind of manned that left side to spring James Cook over for the touchdown. But Don Kincaid showed good technique and you know he helped out and helped James Cook get to that uh, uh, third level and score the touchdown. Obviously, uh, Anthony from cover one said the Colts kind of over pursued on that play, which I would agree with, so that kind of helped as well. But um, I, I liked what I saw from Kincaid in terms of, you know, showing some ability to block uh, with good technique. Maybe he, maybe he got beat, but he, he had the right technique and he'll continue to learn from that. And I think that will grow as his career goes on, which will only help that 12 personnel usage going forward with Ken Dorsey. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, the rookies, Osiris Torrance, Don Kincaid, I think they're going to be two impact players this year. I don't know how many times, you know, we've said that with, with Bill's draft picks. Um, you look at Kyrie Elam. I, I thought he, you know, like I said, he he had he had he had an impact last year, but he wasn't you know starting every week or you know getting all those reps at cornerback too. Um, and obviously, he lost the battle to Christian Benford to start the year, so that's a little concerning. But yeah, I think the first round picks this year, getting them on the field, or first and second round picks, getting them on getting them on the field. Dalton Kincaid didn't really do much in the preseason game, but I don't. I think I've seen what I've needed what I've needed to see from a player like Dalton Kincaid. He's already acted like a veteran. He's been able to get open across the middle. He's been able to get open vertically, um, and that's something that many people don't even realize. I think Dalton Kincaid's ability to not only be that safety valve underneath, but at the same time stretch the field vertically with a seam route and stuff like that. I think Dalton Kincaid can be a vertical threat just as much as he will be a safety valve for Josh Allen. Um, he has great hands, his ability to high point the ball. Uh, I think I've seen what I've seen from him. I don't need to see too much from him in preseason to be like, 
oh, am I, am I getting worried about this guy? Cause he didn't really produce much uh, during the preseason game. Oh, uh, that's not where I'm at with him. I already think he's kind of proven to the coaching staff, to to his teammates, to his, to Dawson Knox, a guy that has talked him up all training camp saying he's a great route runner, already asked like a veteran, great, great friend to have. Um, it's like, he's been part of this team for years. Uh, I think they found two first round or a first round and a second round pick that can get on the field week one and really contribute um, to this roster this year, which is, which is a good thing because when you're, when you're in the in cap hell or per se, like the bills have been with that Josh Allen contract and signing Von Miller, that big deal, those draft picks that you're, you're getting in those high rounds, even if they're later, they're so pivotal to, to the success of keeping that window open. And when you can get a right guard um, for your franchise quarterback, that can be that anchor. He can, you know, run block. Well, like John Roberts said, Torrance didn't allow a sack in college. So that's another thing like a sec, you know, power five school, not allowing a sack. That's pretty impressive. Um, there's a lot of great talent on the defensive side of the ball in the sec, especially in the interior. So I think it's a good thing. You need to hit on your draft picks and to get a, a valuable and prominent pass catcher and Dalton Kincaid in the first round, and then follow that up with the, your starting right guard potentially for the next four years it's a good start to keep that window open if the Bills don't get lucky or if they deal with injuries moving forward. I think they're setting themselves up just based off this draft for some success moving forward in that in that situation. Uh, I'm going to check a couple more of my notes. If anyone has any questions, please feel free to drop them in the comments. Again, I greatly appreciate all the viewership um, and the continued support. Um, and I'm going to look at some more of my notes here before I move forward. Yeah, running backs. James Cook, Latavius Murray. Um, with Damian Harris out with that knee injury. I'll say this, Latavius Murray, man, consistent. Um, he was getting like four or five yards of carry. Um, he had a really, really, really good game, I thought. Consistent, had a nice uh, reception on a, on a short route from Kyle Allen, got upfield and got like 15, 20 yards. Um, so I thought he had a really good day. James Cook, obviously, he was he was featured a lot with that first team offense. He was on the field. He scored the touchdown. He's been one of the best players, I think, in camp uh, so far, I, I say the big four, it's been Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, and, and James Cook. I thought those are like the, the big four on offense that I've seen. And I really like what I've seen from um, James Cook in the preseason game. And also um, just overall in camp, uh, I've really liked what I've seen from the, from the second year back who's primed to take over that running back one role uh, moving forward. So yeah, Latavius Murray, uh, 39 all purpose yards, pretty good um so that, that that was a that was a plus for him and then obviously James Cook with the touchdown um had a really good day as well he could be a guy that is used in fantasy this year if you're into that fantasy football stuff I think James Cook could be a, a valuable asset if they're able to get him on the field especially if they're able to use him in red zone and find and Kendoris can find ways to use utilize that that type of uh running back in the red zone in terms of the pass catching or the running ability I think he's special um and I think the Bills got a good running back on uh, moving forward with him uh, yeah, Jessica, totally agree uh, with your comment here. Looks like the Bills have a young nucleus uh, for the O-line, 100%. I think the they've went kind of the old the old route in years past. They went the Roger Saffold route, the Quentin Spain route. Um, it didn't really work out for them. They tried that, you know, one-year plug-and-play guy in the interior. Didn't really go well. They were they were kind of, well, what do we do this year? And they go after another one-year guy, a, a veteran guy that they tried to just plug and play and see what can happen. I, I agree with you, Jessica. I think with the Conor McGovern and Osiris Torrance signings, you have a, a nucleus in that interior that can be here for four years, build that continuity up, and you're looking at a, at a great you know, 
consistent offensive line, which Aaron Cromer preaches is, is consistency and continuity among the five guys that are out there starting. Uh, if you if you can keep Osiris Torrance and Connor McGovern here for four years and get the most out of them, I think that'll really help um, the, the interior and the running backs. I think James Cook, again, he'll be here for two or three more years. So you're seeing really some continuity build with the running backs and the interior offensive line. If the Bills can get the run game going, I mean, watch out. You know, Josh Allen's ability to run. You have James Cook. Damian Harris, obviously out with that knee injury, but he's been, you know, he's he's been a 12 touchdown guy once in his career. He can score touchdowns at a good rate. Latavius Murray, Mr. Consistent. Uh, I think you can always rely on him. He'll be, he's a roster lock at this point. I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, And with Damian Harris out, he's, he's even taken his game to another level. Um, He does not look like a 33 year old running back. He looks fresh. Um, He's hitting the holes and he's getting good yardage, yards after contact and stuff like that. So I really like what I've seen from the uh, running back room. And I'm excited to see where that run game goes because, like like Jessica said, the interior of the offensive line is really upgraded, and I, I think they're going somewhere with that. Damar Hamlin, um, obviously a big storyline. Uh, he, he was out there. It was awesome to see uh, Damar out there on the field. It's awesome. It's truly awesome to see a guy talk about the city of Buffalo the way he's been. You know, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Football is my life. This is what I was born to do, blah, 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 stuff like that. It's just cool to see him um, just out there and be able to play the game he loves, live out his dream. I think that's – to me, I, I care about what he does in the field, and I think that's important. And I will talk about that in a bit, about how he played. But just for him and his ability to, to play the game he loves um, and, and do it for, for a great organization, the team he was drafted for, I, I think that means more to me than anything, um, regardless of how, how good he is playing. But he did have a great fourth and one stop. He was flying all over the field. I thought he had a really good day. Um, I think he's a roster lock at this point, uh, special teams player, backup safety. Uh, you could look at maybe, you know, Hyde and Poyer getting up there in age. Maybe DeMar Hamlin and Taylor Rapp are those two next guys that can maybe step in and be those safety, the next safety duo for the Bills. But, yeah, uh, besides the, the fact that he was out there playing good football, it's just a great story in general. I, I think it, it it's it's amazing what, um, you know, his ability to just believe in – his family for support and and all that stuff. His family's right by his side, the doctors, all that stuff. I thought it was just great to see that all come together and him to be on the field uh, on Saturday. So it was, it was an awesome sight to see. Yeah. uh, I wrote here, nothing really from Kincaid and Knox. Like I said, they were on the field at the same time a lot. There was some 12 personnel usage with the first team, but I I didn't really get much takeaways from them. Uh, Like I said, Knox had that great block on the James Cook touchdown run. But other than that, there wasn't really too much from them. Um, I, I didn't really see too much from them uh, either. Boogie Basham, the player of uh, the player of the game in my eyes on the defensive side of the ball. I thought Biggie, Boogie Basham, whether he was lined up on the interior or on the outside, for a guy that who's who's been kind of amongst the fan base that again a second round pick out of Wake Forest, kind of raw. Um, Oh, sorry. I'll get to. I'm going to get to Donna's question uh, after this. I'll, I'll get to your question, Donna. But yeah, Boogie Basham, really good game from him. Had a sack, a tackle for a loss. I thought he was physical. Um, Sean McDermott said in his press conference on Sunday after the game, this guy show, has shown some flashes. He showed some flashes on Saturday. The thing with him is he has to do that at a consistent level. He thought his pad level was good. Um, his ability to shed blocks was good on Saturday. So that's a positive sign from a guy that the Bills really invested stock in, um, in that defensive line room. I think the biggest thing for Buggy is he can offer that position versatility. I think he can beat you off the edge. I think he can beat you on the inside. So if he's able to do that, 
and stack consistent blocks on top of each other um, coming off that preseason game. I- I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can up that snap share that he's kind of not been able to get so far in his career and make the most of, of his opportunities he gets this year. And, and they need him. The Bills need another another guy, whether it's AJ Epinesa or Boogie Basham or, or Shane Ray, who, who who flashed a little bit on Saturday. They need a guy in that with that depth at that depth role. And I, I hope that um, Boogie is able to do to be that for the Bills. A second round pick, like I said, um, Boogie can offer that position versatility that the Bills so badly need and, and will only help that defensive line, which I think can be a top you know eight unit this year. Um, I like the defensive line pieces. Donna, with the question, um, after I was ranting about Boogie and how a guy that I didn't really see at camp at all or notice any flashes from goes into, uh, goes into the preseason game and absolutely balls out, which is pretty cool. I like seeing guys that I wasn't really focused on make, you know, an appearance in a, in a preseason game and make me remember their performance. I think that's pretty a good sign for Boogie um, and a good sign for him moving forward in his career. Uh, but Donna with a question here, I know you already touched on Elam, but what do you think is holding him, holding him back at this point? If anything, <laughs> you know, I, the, the, I'll answer this the best way I can, Donna. Um, I, I think his physicality in terms of how grabby he is at the line of scrimmage. Now he's a great pass, press man corner, but the bills, like I said, aren't a press man scheme. So that's one thing. Um, I think he th- he would thrive in a in a high pressured defense that's sending six seven at a time or showing six and you know staying in man cover to high high cover two coverage with you know man on the outside just rushing four if they did that more. But the thing is, is they're doing nickel. They're running a lot of zone defense. So that's one thing. I think he's a little too grabby and stuff. The other thing with me for Elam is just his consistency. Um, it, it's so up and down with him. And that's kind of how it's been um, since he's been a Buffalo Bill, since his rookie year. It's been so, so up and down for the player. Um, and I want to see that consistency shape out. Unfortunately, if he's not in the field during the regular season, you're not going to see much of that. So that's why I thought it was important for him to when he got his reps during the preseason and when he got his chances in training camp to kind of make the most of them. Uh, I thought at sometimes he did, but at sometimes he didn't. I, you know, he, he uses his hands a lot. He's been ticking off players um, at, at training camp, which – I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really get upset with him being too grabby. Like, I'm not like a big, like, why are you doing that? Or why are you grabbing too much? Like it's a physical sport. It's a physical game. And a lot of quarterbacks do grab and they are grabby. Like that's what makes them great. There's some players that are like that on that grab a lot. Stefan Gilmore is is one of those players that was very grabby, but guess what? He's been all pro and he's had a long career because of his ability to play corner with great technique. Um, And I think Kyrie Elam, um, I don't think it's as big of a problem, the physicality aspect. Like, I think it kind of benefits him. But if, if he's doing it too much and he's causing penalties on third downs and it's causing for the offense to move the chains and the Bills defense could have been off the field, I think that plays into it. And uh, that's where I'm kind of at with Kyrie. I hope he can build some consistent last couple of games in preseason and, and do stuff in practice that can kind of stack some blocks for him moving forward. Um, Donna says – that's exactly what I suspected, AJ. I like the physicality, but I worry about flags with him. I like him a lot and would like to see him get a chance, but he won't get the grace that Sauce gets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Kyrie Elam, I think, will get his chance. I, I think there's a lot of overreactions right now, like people saying that he's going to not even get a jersey on game day or he might be the odd man out and be you know, uh, inactive on game day because he, he's not good on special teams and stuff like that. 
I don't know if I would go that far. I think there is a path for him to be the cornerback two still. Maybe not now, but maybe down the line. Um, maybe you know later this year or next year. I still I, don't give up on Kyrie Elam. I'll say that. I think he was a first round talent for a reason. The Bills traded up to get him. They had to have had an idea for him in mind. You're not going to trade up for a guy and not try and utilize him or let him at least see some regular season action. Um, so I want to overreact too much. Um, but like I said, when you have Dane Jackson, who's on that one-year deal, get the most out of him. He's consistent, and uh, that's what the Bills have been doing. Yeah, John, th- that's that's part of it too. Uh, John says here from Facebook, sometimes I think he is still learning zone. Obviously, that uh, you know, that plays into it. He wasn't part in his own scheme in college, so I think that's a, a huge um, – thing for him to learn and kind of progress through his career um, moving forward. Oh man, this has been a, a bloodbath. Jay Sternberger. um, He had a a fumble. I thought he could kind of maybe compete with Quentin Morris for that tight end three role, but he's, he had a a fumble. Quentin Morris also had a drop, but I just think Quentin Morris is such a consistent player that he's, He's, he's just balling out. Like, he's he's balling out all camp. I think he's been very consistent. Jake Sternberger obviously had the fumble and stuff like that. So, I I hope to see maybe him make a push for the roster. But at this point, I think he's on the outside looking in. Uh, injuries from Saturday, I'm going to touch on that. Tommy Doyle left. He was practicing on Sunday, injured his knee. Um, it, it looked pretty bad on TV, but he's back at practice. he was back at practice on Sunday which is super cool, super good for for that uh, for that aspect of it. I, I think Tommy Doyle still has a path to this roster. I, I think he can do it. Um, Damian Harris, obviously still out with knee soreness. Cam Lewis missed practice on Sunday, did not play on Saturday because of uh, an injury. I forget exactly what it was, but he was not on the practice field on Sunday either or played in the game Saturday. And um, obviously Von Miller, Tyler Mekovich on the PUP, they are yet to come back from their injuries um, and their, I, I, I think Von Miller will be interesting to see if he can get back on the field week one, but Tyler Medikovich, I'm, I'm thinking he's able to get back out there. Uh, very reliable special teamer for the Bills since he's been on the, been on the organization. And then, yeah, that, that's really about it on the injury front. Um, Teron Johnson didn't play Saturday, but that was just because of a rest day and Cam Lewis was already banged up. So they didn't want to make that nickel spot even weaker than it already was. Um, so that that's kind of, that's kind of that. Um, and then DJ Dow left the game, but again, with a contusion, nothing major. Um, so DJ Dow, just, just a contusion for both of them. I don't know if he was practicing um, on Sunday, but I know Tommy Doyle was for a fact. And then Reggie Gilliam, he's been out for a little while, but he will be back on the practice field this week. Sean McDermott said that in his post-game presser on or pre-practice presser on Sunday. So that's that's kind of the injury front of it. Any questions for, uh, from you guys? Uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in tonight. It's been a fun 38 gibberish uh, recap for me here. I, I, I've got to learn to maybe slow it down a little bit, but uh, I, I've had a really good time with all of you. Thank you so much for all the questions. If you guys have any more, feel free to drop them in the comments now. Um, but if not, uh, the Bills play Saturday at 630 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe we'll see some Josh Allen. Maybe we'll see some Stephon Diggs. Um, I'm thinking that might be the plan. Usually with three preseason games now, th- those elite teams with those elite rosters, they send out their players uh, on the second game. So I hope to see some Josh Allen. I'm intrigued about that. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have a great team. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, uh, Deontay Johnson, Patty French Fries, uh, Darnell Washington, 
Warren uh, and Najee Harris, a, a good running back duo. So I like I like what's going on with Pittsburgh. I think they're a, a team that could maybe sneakily make the playoffs as a wild card team if, if Kenny Pickett can take it to the next level. Uh, but they're in a really good division with really good talent. So that'll be 6.30 on Saturday, um, and that, that, that will kind of be my show for next week. I'll recap that game, talk about, again, the position battles, the ones that everyone want, wants to know, and kind of my thoughts on them. Um, but, yeah, again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this is Ages Analysis with your host, AJ Sabalski. I will see you guys next week, Monday at 7. Please be sure to like and subscribe. And if you're listening on audio, thank you so much. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, with that, I will see you next week. See you later. Bye.